0: It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. Like always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and you can follow me at Twitter at joelkjacob underscore, and with me always, I got some guests. So first, we got Miami Clutch P.E., say what's up to the people, Clutch.
1: What's up, what's up, everybody? Miami Clutch P.E. on Twitter. Hey, follow me. I'll follow right back.
0: And then following him, we got our female correspondent, Angelina Martell. Say what's up to the people, Angelina.
2: Yo, what's going on, Heat versus the World? It's your female correspondent, Angelina Martell. You can follow me on Twitter at Angie Martell with two E's. I'm following, I can follow you guys up on all the latest Miami Heat updates, so you got me with that.
0: And then following her, we got a uh, five-reason sports contributor. Also, I guess you could call a well-known author as well. Um, none other than Mr. Brian Young. Say so what's up to the people, Brian
3: what's up everybody you can follow me at at brian is the king that's brian with a y um, if you want to read some creepy stories uh, you know search up my newest horror series I investigate disturbing cases or just look up my reddit name brian y 97 and you'll find him
0: and then following him we got a special guest you can catch him on twitter when he's not getting clapped by the feds Say what's up to the people, Omar.
4: Hey, it's me. It's Omar. You can follow me on Twitter at Bam. And I'm changing, up a, I'm changing up a lot of things so I don't get clapped by the feds again.
0: <laughs> so without further ado, let's get started with today's episode. So, I don't really know how to explain what we saw last night. The Heat went and they played the Clippers it seemed like a given win there was no Paul George there was no Kawhi Leonard and there was no um, Patrick Beverly however a Marcus Morris led Clippers team goes out and beats the Heat so I don't know who wants to start first and talk about what we witnessed last night
2: I'll go first, if you guys don't mind. Mm -hmm. I just want to start by saying we really have no excuse as to why we lost this this game, considering it was such a given game, and considering the players that were out against the Clippers, you know, like you said, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Patrick Beverly, they're the leading scorers. Kawhi Leonard's the leading scorer of the Clippers. He averages about 26 points a game. So you think having him out against Miami would give them, like, a much higher advantage, which it should have, but... You know, we didn't play as hard as we should have. And I feel like we could have definitely showed out more than we did. Of course, like we had like we were up by some points like early in the game and then we kind of lost our balance and just kind of went downhill from there. We didn't lose by a lot. But, you know, a loss is still a loss. And considering, like I said, considering the players that had out that game, that should have been a, been a given win. But, um for players, Butler triple doubled again last game. He did that the game before as well against um Houston, so I'm glad that he was able to accomplish that out got a double double. um Robinson went three and eleven for threes, which if all I have to say is if he doesn't step up his game, he's going to be put in some trade packages, trade proposals, all that. So what do you guys have to think about how the players performed last game
3: um you know what? Honestly, I'm at the point where I'm not even surprised. Um, you know, you guys also, uh, you know, we didn't mention that Nick Batum was out as well, who is, I think, a really good forward. Um, yeah, this team is just bad, you know? So as much as we want to say that this was a game that they should have won, I don't know if they should have won it. They, they, they kind of just suck. So it's, this is a kind of expected.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, my god where do i begin with this team (laughs) just just listen a 30 point triple double by jimmy butler bam out of bio 27 points and he's flirting with a triple double tyler ends up with 27 and we still lose what the hell i i don't get it anymore trying to make excuses for this team I'll start with the most negative part that I saw yesterday. The power forwards cannot guard anything. Kelly O'Linick, Mo Harkless. They a uh, parked tr- a traffic cone could play better defense than that. What I don't understand what happened. Kelly giving up so many threes, so many threes, getting lit up by by Marcus Morris, um only had two points, by the way. Went well, one for six from the field. And then you got Mo Harkless. Every time he would cheat on the defense, trying to get a stupid, stupid, stupid double team. And boom, wide open three-pointer again and again and again. The power forward spot for this team is god-awful. I don't even want to bring up Iguodala because he's only good for, what, one steal a game? from one of those hand swats he always does and that's it you never hear from him again Mm -hmm. jesus is bad none reverted back to that covid none because he did not show up you probably saw the clippers name and got scared it's there's no excuse for this team literally no excuse
2: Mm -hmm. yeah no you're right like Even Tyler Hero said it in an interview, there's no excuse as to why we lost this game because really, I feel like what this team's biggest like improvement that they need to make on is defense. We have absolutely zero defense. And like Clutch said, our power forwards are not making the cut, if like I'm being quite honest. And we just need to improve on our defense overall. What I tend to notice is that we tend to steer clear of the players when they have the ball. And then when we have the ball, they're all up on us and they're trying to get that Um, They're trying to get that rebound, that turnover, whatever is necessary. But I really feel like we need to start clamping down more on those players, regardless of the team, whether it may be the Clippers, um, the Lakers in the future, the Warriors. Like tomorrow's game, we just got to step up our defensive game, really. Offensively, we're doing good. There are some things that some players could improve on, like maybe Achua. Um, Who else? I don't know. But mainly, I think Achua needs to improve on his offensive um, offensive, like I don't know the word for it, but offensive like capabilities maybe, and he needs to learn a more wide variety than just dunking or assisting. He needs to start shooting threes because I tend to notice he goes oh and O for threes like all his games. So, but yeah, overall just defensively, we really need to get it together, and Spo needs to like get that in their heads really.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I think. The problem, as far as I see it, is I just don't think that they have a lot of capable defenders. I mean, the guys playing big minutes, you know, at least, especially at the guard positions like Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, um, those guys just aren't capable of defending. I mean, part of it is effort and strategy and you know all of that but i think part of it is also just like the biological physical factor of it you know some people just don't have the athleticism some people, some people just don't have the coordination or the reaction time to, to to defend well and you're also dealing with guys who are smaller you know Tyler Hero. they call calling t-rex arms for a reason you know that <laughs> makes the difference when you're in a sport where the main thing is being tall and long and if you're not long there's a good chance of someone with more height or, or more length, is gonna is gonna shoot over you, and if you're not quick enough to get in front of to stay in front of guys or you know contest shots, you know then guys guys are gonna shoot and they're probably gonna make it every damn time, or they're gonna drive right past you and attack the rim, and we don't really have any real rim protectors, so that's a bucket as well. So I, I think a lot of it is just you know there's not much that we can do outside of getting like other players who are capable of of playing defense and hopefully scoring a little bit.
2: Yeah, like look at Kendrick Nunn, he's six foot three. How many um players you see on the court, like when we play that are six foot three? You know it's a it's not a liability, but it's more of a disadvantage offensively and defensively because of his height because it's easier for him for his shot to get blocked or it's harder for him to defend like a 6'10 guard you know so it's harder for him based on his height but he's lucky he has the range he has the skill the agility all that good stuff
0: Mm -hmm. and omar how do you feel
2: um
4: at this point i don't even know what to say because this team like um like, I, I just, there's not really much to say about this because like, they just keep, they just keep, they won't walk the dog. Like, is we hear the same things after every game. And they, on what some nights, like, they if they, on nights they defend, they, they can't score. On the nights they score, they can't defend. It's just like, there's really no consistency. And just, that's just how you know it's really a bad team because they're not well-rounded. Like, there's no consistency whatsoever. And, like, there's just, like, not many good defenders on the team. And it just puts a lot of pressure on Jimmy and Bam. Cause it, and you see Bam trying to cover up the whole damn court, making up for the guys who can't defend. And, and it also puts pressure on Jimmy as well because he has to do damn near everything just for us to scrape by wins. And we also... And I I don't know how I don't know I don't I checked before the game I don't know how we allow the least amount of points in the paint in the league I don't know how that's I don't know how we do that but it definitely feels like we allow it definitely feels like that paint is is like a layup line we 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 couldn't stop even Kazuba. like come on and the shooters aren't even making their shots this year which is a which is like a, a huge detriment to the team because if you're not making shots. And we keep shooting those threes, and though, and it's leading to one and done points. Like there's no second chance opportunities because we really can't rebound, and no second chance points matter. Every single point matters, and we're just there's a lot of basic stuff as well we can't do, like, like, like Tyler Hero not boxing out, which led to the Peyton Pritchard game winner, and I like. Not hitting a, like, a team like guys like Duncan Robinson, Kelly Olenek. Not hitting, doing the simple stuff like hit wide open shots. like It's just really a different team. And it's just really sad. And I definitely think we have to make a, a move. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all I got.
0: I mean, oh my gosh. Like you watched last night. And now I'm kind of more mad that you bring up, Brian, that like Nick Batum wasn't playing either. So you look at all the players who are out. No Kawhi, no PG, no Pat Beverly, no um, Nicholas Batum either. And you still can't beat the Clippers. You know, and it's horrible because you really want to see this team turn it around. Especially in a year where you don't have a draft pick. Like, I don't know what to say. And like you said, Omar, it, it is time where we have to look at the trade machine, you know. Like, I know as fans, you know, we try to avoid that stuff and just have faith in our team, but, you know, every loss from this point on, I don't know how you can't just look at that and think, you know, what move can we make? And it's a scary situation for Miami because the names that you hear Miami is interested in aren't really, like, names that you can look at and be like, okay, that could be a huge move for Miami. Like, we'll definitely be um championship contenders. Like, be elite." What is be elite are going to do? I mean seriously. It's be it's be last-
4: <laughs> like, like he don't play. He don't I don't I, I don't he doesn't play any defense and we definitely and if you're not a star player we definitely don't need that.
0: Mhm. Like honestly and then and I don't know and it just feels horrible and at the same time you can't help but feel right when you look at how All these people wanted to come out and say, don't trade for James Harden. Don't do for that. Don't trade the depth in a COVID year. You come out and you say all that, and then you watch the depth lose to a um, Clippers team that didn't have all their star power last night. I mean, how can you back that up and then watch last night's game and still think that that argument is accurate? Because if James Harden is here we would probably be one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, if not the best. So that's... I just don't know what to say, really. You know, looking forward, you know, give me Oladipo, I guess, because he's the biggest, most realistic option for us. Everyone wants to talk about... um, What's his name? Zach Levine, but I don't see it happening. I would love him, by the way, but I don't see it happening. And then you have John Collins who I guess Miami doesn't necessarily have the assets to land him, but multi I mean more what's it, three or four team trades exist, so we'll see what happens there. But right now, you know, if you're a Heat fan, I think you look at this loss and you wonder like do you really have faith? Do you really think you can move on and say that this team is going to be a contender in the playoffs? Because right now, this certainly doesn't seem like the team that we fell in love with last year, that team who made the finals, if we're being honest. Now I'm all for optimism. You,
2: you know Maybe it's optimism. bad. Mm-hmm. Wait, are you going to
0: talk?
2: You know
4: it's bad. Oh, you speak. Oh, you're gone.
2: Oh, um, I'm all for optimism and being optimistic about this team and hoping they're trying to like come back and that they're going to have a comeback season. But now I can see, because based on this game, I can see why they changed um, airing the Warriors game tomorrow off national television and just putting it on, I think, NBA TV. I'm pretty sure because we were supposed to, I forget the TV station we were supposed to go on tomorrow night for the game, but now I can see why they changed that because... If your team is losing to a team that doesn't have four of their star players, that already gives you a big advantage. That should have been, a, I keep saying it, but it just should have been a given game. But now I can see why they didn't think that we could handle the pressure and that we couldn't like handle having everybody watch us. Because if we embarrass ourselves, then it's like, like what are you going to do? You know, it's just, mm-hmm. you can't help it.
3: Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, I think it's just time to admit that the team is bad. And that's why they're getting games spoiled, right? Is because, you know, if you're a TV network, you don't want to put on a horrible team, you know, that's going to get dubbed by the Clippers with, with without four starters. And part of it is is the Clippers as well. You know, they probably got some intel that Kawhi and Paul George aren't playing. So, you know, it's just going to be less viewers in general. But I think that it's time for the front office in general to also be like, yo, this team isn't good. You know, we can't supplement this team with marginal moves and think that it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, there has to be... I know that the front office has a lot of loyal guys, um, you know, and Spo is, is especially one of those guys that has a lot of input, and he's, you know, for for better or for worse, he's a very loyal dude. And, you know, it might be tough for him to, to agree to trade a guy like a Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero Um But those are moves you gotta make, honestly. Like, you have to look at the bigger, you know, the bigger uh, names kinda shake things up. It's just, you know, I I I honestly think that the front office has the assets, or the team has the assets, rather, to make those type of moves, but they kinda kinda gotta change philosophy a little bit. They gotta be willing to sell off Duncan Robinson for picks and use those picks in a bigger move later. They gotta be willing to part with a guy like Tyler Hero, forget you Zach Levine. And and it's not just waiting for you know Zach Levine or whoever to be available. It's it's like actively going out to try to make those moves, but it it remains to be seen if that's. Kind of their prerogative right now. I can very much see a situation where if you ask them, they're like, oh, "I'm just waiting to get healthy and make sure that everybody's, you know, together and builds the chemistry." Goran's out, you know, a lot of these excuses to kind of, you know, keep it keep it moving forward as is, and maybe add a Bielitsa or someone else on the periphery. Um, but I think it's going to take a lot more than that to uh, rectify the season. Like I'm not even thinking about finals at all. You know, this just not even that's just not even in the you know, on the horizon. So it's they gotta like actually work up to being average first.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I I'm gonna touch up on some points you just mentioned, like what you said about us not wanting to let go of Robinson or Hero. I feel like we idolize Hero way too much because <laughs> I know people c- compare him as jokes to like Bradley Beal and what's his face Steph Curry. I know those are all jokes, but it's like some people actually believe that's like. He's the be-all end-all for our team, and in my opinion, I think he peaked way too early. Like last year in the bubble is when everyone started like really recognizing, like, oh, yo, Tyler Hero, you know, he's like a rookie. This is his first year, and look at all the stuff he's doing for the team and the NBA, and whatnot. And what you said about Robinson, you know, like he's starting to like slip a little bit. Not a little bit, but these past couple of games he's been slipping. So I feel like Spo bringing in Struess, that's like that just shows, like, hey, if anything happens to Robinson, we we have a back backup who's just as good could probably work on some things defensively but like like you said like we, I feel like we have too much of a personal and idolized connection to Robinson and Hero, and we're afraid to let those people go just because we've already idolized them so much. Mm-hmm. And what you said about the team being bad—genuinely, we are not a bad team. It's just we're having a rough season, and we're we're so early into our seventy-two game season. We just—I can—I can understand why people are mad. i myself. It's frustrating watching some of these games, especially last night's. Um, but yeah, we just need to bounce back. We. I mean I know Dragish not having Dragish right now is an ex- like isn't an excuse as to why we're playing bad but defensively it's Bradley's out for like uh, 3 weeks to a month and he's the real like foundation of our defense and Iguodala can do some things defensively bam right now it's bam playing defensively like just being a total defender on the court and just making sure that like I forget who brought up this point but he's like making up for all of the missed rebounds all of the missed um like turnovers steals blocks etc so we need to definitely clamp down more and just work on a lot of things defensively and if we start to like like before the half of the season ends cuz i know they split it into halves if we're still under 500 by the end of this half then i will i'll start to like convince to myself like okay we're not doing as hot as we should be and we can like we're not as good of a team as we were last year and I feel like the whole thing with that is we set our standards so high because we like last year in the finals we swept the Pacers almost swept Milwaukee beat the Celtics and went to game six with the Lakers so you know that's not an easy task to accomplish especially for an underrated team like that and, and just considering the players we had and how much they helped us grow like jimmy out hero robinson but they were like all huge contributors to our team i mean every player has something to contribute to our team but those were like the main contributors at the time so i feel like once we get our groove back i've been saying this once we get our groove back we'll be good but we have most of our good players back Like jimmy's back Hero's back um bam's here like you know we have all our main contributors and our main players so I feel like we just need to work on some more things and I I hope we'll be good. So I just try to be as optimistic as I can because I hate to bash my favorite team, you know, you just got to especially like these podcasts, like talking about a professional basketball team. You always have to be optimistic and you just have to keep it. I mean, of course, you have to keep it real. But at the same time, there's a there's a silver lining to everything like Jason Jackson said in our previous podcast. So I just try to be as positive as I can about the situation. Right. Even
1: right. if it hurts me about it. But. Right, so I I agree mm-hmm. um, going on what you just said about not bashing your team. I'm not only going to do that, because I basically already did that with my opening statement, but mm-hmm. I'm going to bash my favorite player on this team. Because, look, I lo- we know I love Duncan Robinson. He's been mm-hmm. great last season. Started off decent this year. But Duncan... I don't know if you listen to podcast. Well, you do. You do. Listen. He has his own podcast. <laughs> if you, if you by any chance come upon this, you're my guy. I love you, dog. But
2: we all love you, bro. We all love you. You're our dog.
1: But you're playing like crap. Dude, I know it's a shooter's league and shooter slump. And you're going to get back into it eventually. I agree. But dude, pick it up. You, <laughs> you're trying to get paid here. And now, in the beginning of the season, we're talking about eighteen, twenty million for you. You're not worth that. Not now. Mm-hmm. I would have paid that for you earlier in the season. Now, I don't think I'll I'll break ten million for you. What? So, dude, pick it up. I know you're you're good, but Jesus,
2: I'm not bashing you. It's constructive criticism. Don't worry. I'm
1: talking about. Other players, uh, you talked about Tyler Hero, he's, he has his following. And sure, he's, he's a good player. He's going to be a good player in this league for a long, long, long time. He's, he's a scorer. He scored 27, but how many points did he give up on defense? That just nullifies everything he does because he cannot play defense.
2: And he played the most minutes out of all of them. He played 41, I'm pretty sure, around that.
1: 40 minutes of not playing defense. Like, dude, both Duncan and Tyler are not good defenders. But Jesus, Tyler is the worst defender on this team, probably. And that's not a good look, especially when you have so much potential on the offensive side. Do something. something, one little thing that shows me that you're there on defense. But, dude, Duncan Robinson at least gets better defensive positioning. But Tyler just does not show up on defense. He doesn't take the hits, doesn't set up charges, nothing. He, he contributes nothing on the defensive end. I like Tyler. I like Tyler a lot. But it's time. If he cannot pick it up on defense, it's time to move on. Because Eric Spoelstra's defense is elite when he has capable defenders on the floor. Mm-hmm. And that's something Spoelstra needs to work on. Because he needs to adjust and realize we don't have capable defenders on the floor. His defense is elite when you have capable defenders, but we don't. So it's time to just stop switching on everything because that just creates horrible mismatches for guys like Tyler and Duncan and puts guys like I saw yesterday, Kendrick Nunn was on, on Zubaj. With, like, these switches can't happen so willingly. It's a frustrating time, and obviously you need to make a move. The guard position cannot guard anybody, none of the guards, none of the power forwards. You got Jimmy, Bradley, who's out, Bam, Iguodala, who can't play in long spurts, and I guess and Achua on the inside, but he's showing he's not there yet on the perimeter for to be able to, to be effective on switches. So you got a handful of good defenders on your team out of 15. It's time to make a move, do something, put all of those bad defenders together in the package, send them out, bring out a good one. Bring on a Victor Oladipo, who will probably make a bigger impact on this team than people will give him credit for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's my personal opinion. But do something, because this is not going to work. And newsflash, tomorrow we see Steph Curry. So let's
3: see what mm. happens. Mm. it be a training. It's going to be a fun game.
2: Another Um, late game.
3: You know what, though? Honestly, uh, and as much as we talked about the defense, like they have a good defensive rating, and I think part of that is because they play at one of the slowest paces in the league, so just mathematically, you know, uh, less possessions, less shots means you're going to have, you know, less less points per possession uh, typically. Uh, But I do want to say the offense has also been terrible, and – that's largely because our shooters haven't been, you know, hitting their shots at a at a high rate. It feels like the offense is a of lot is basically like Jimmy getting to the line and trying to get shooters open. And if the shooters aren't on, then they're kind of fucked um screwed. Uh so I, I feel like that's a huge problem as well and I think it's why I personally want them to maybe look for a point guard as well. I mean, they need a lot of things, like a three and D wing, a power forward. But a point guard I think would, you know, really help Bam offensively. Um, you know, ideally that point guard can defend a guy like Kyle Lowry, you know, a two a two way guy, that'd be that'd be great. But I think having a guard who can get bam, easy shots and is maybe capable of, you know, settling down our team and getting some buckets when dolphin stalls, because it it will stall at some point that would, that would go a long way. I don't know how you guys feel about that though.
1: Right, It's so good because like, um, that's exactly what was good about Goran Dragic in the playoffs, right? He was healthy. He was rested and he was doing all those things. He was setting up the big guys. He was, he was running the offense, if you see the game like yesterday on the offensive side, which I'll, I'll touch on a little bit, it's there was a, like a two-three three-minute spurt where Jimmy Norbam was on the floor, and I was scared for my life. I was, I did not know where any offense was going to come from because you you can't have no type of offense when your two main guys are out because it's just going to be a a cluster bleep, and you it I don't even know how to how to describe it any more than that. It's just Bad offense, and you you need another facilitator on the floor. Goran Dragic is that he can't play defense as well, but and he's not he's not young anymore. So just just look at what you got. Like make a move, get a guard. There's a lot of holes to fill on this team. And one
0: -hmm.
4: one thing I noticed is that the the Bam. Pick and roll works damn near every time. And we don't run it nearly enough. I agree. Like, it results in a basket every single time. And, like, we'd rather just run the dribble handoff for a shooter. It results in a brick. Like, mm. that's how you know where you need a, a point guard desperately. Like, I think Jimmy can run the point. But you're asking him to do that, be the number one support option, and asking to lock up the other team's best player. Nine times out of ten. Like, eight, nine times out of ten, that's not going to end well because you're asking him to do too much and there's too much pressure on him. Mm-hmm. So I think he can't like the
2: floor.
4: I out by the time the playoffs come
1: around.
2: I feel like the issue with our team is that some people, like Kelly Olenich, they get caught up in themselves and they end up trying to shoot a courier inch three with 20 seconds left on the shot clock and then just breaking it. Like, dude, take your time, look around. Like, maybe drive it to the paint and lay it up if you want to, but it's like, come on, man. Like, he's just inconsistent. That's the part that annoys me. Like, he'll be inconsistent. And then sometimes he hits the three, sometimes he doesn't. You never know with him, honestly. But it's just like, you got to have a more wide variety. I know a lot of players do, like, um, Hero, um, Butler. Sometimes Butler shoots the occasional three, but last night he didn't make any, but that's okay. But, um, yeah i don't know what else to say about that just take our time work on like yeah just essentially just take our time really that's the part that annoys me sometimes with our team mm-hmm.
4: like i noticed that polenic has to, never gets his feet set like he always does a fadeaway three or something like that i said like, that he never gets his feet set
2: uh-huh
4: like it's just simple fundamentals that we're not doing
2: Whenever he doesn't plant his feet, that I feel like that's when he breaks his shots. But whenever he plants it and he takes his time. I mean, sometimes if you take your time, like a wide open three, it's not always guaranteed you're going to make it. But what I notice about Olenek is most of the time when he plants his feet, that that's when he's able to make shots and whatnot. But he played 14 minutes yesterday and only scored two points. But
1: mm. Yeah, Kelly Olenek has the coordination of a baby deer. I don't expect much
2: of <laughs> He's so lengthy. I feel like he just gets like excited like if he steals the ball or rebounds it or is like trying to like dribble past a guard i feel like he just gets caught up in himself and i feel like that's with this height he's like six eleven. He's he's length he's a really lengthy and tall guy so like you said a, a newborn baby deer like they're clumsy and which is understandable at that height and that like pressure on you so i feel like that's another issue he needs to work on. i mean he can't help that he can't help that he's that tall he can't help that he's clumsy but it's just working on Ball handling skills, really. Yeah. At the same time, you that yeah,
1: have to. If you're going to be that clumsy, you at least have to have a high basketball IQ. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even have that. He doesn't know when to take shots. He doesn't know when to do anything. I'm just frustrated with this guy.
0: I mean, Ked no, Ked no. is another okay. guy
3: who uh, has short arms, shorter arms than his uh, height. So this is kind of what I mentioned about you know just physically not being
4: able to play defense. <laughs> you know, not coordinated. Know he does it. Yeah. Because Jimmy's like six seven, he's got a six eight wingspan. So like his wingspan is not really that. Like I don't know how he does it.
2: He's a I defender. If I mean, just built different. That's all there is to it. He's just built different.
1: If you're gonna have short arms, you're gonna need to move your feet on defense, and they just
3: yeah. don't do that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, part of it is also just like things like reaction time. You know. Uh, having fast switch muscles you know being able to you know well no, okay it's like reaction time and actually being able to match you know the fact that you can perceive time you know better than other people and i think jimmy is able to do that and that's why he's a good defender
2: mm-hmm. right i really feel like once we get bradley back then our defense is gonna step up a bit because he, like I said earlier, he is the main contributor to our defense. He is the foundation of our defense, so there's a lot of things that he can offer to the court and, like, the team by being there on the court defending. I feel like he genuinely, I think he's the best defender on our team, unless you guys have other opinions or other players oh, no. be our better.
3: Yeah, I think else. it's BAM. It, it, currently? BIM. We all currently, have different
1: opinions. It's Jimmy Butler. I think it's BAM. Because, like,
2: Right now I mean, or just overall?
1: Right now. Right now, our best defender, oh, I mean, overall, I'm sorry. Our best defender is Jimmy Butler. But he can't be our best defender when we're asking him to do everything else.
2: I know. He's carrying our team. On, quite honestly, he is. But when he wasn't here, Bam was carrying our team. Don't get me wrong. I'm grateful for that. But you can't always rely on two specific players to help carry you to a win just by a little smud, like a smidge you got to um rely on the other players too. I mean, what's his face? Butler, Hero, Adebayo, they all came out with decent points. Hero had 27, Jimmy had 30. I forget how much Bam had. I don't have the box score pulled up right now.
3: He had but 27. Oh, the last oh,
2: game? Yes, last night's game.
3: Yeah, that. Yeah, he had 27 as well.
2: Yeah. So they playing. they all put up decent amount of points for the amount of minutes they played, which is good. But I feel like honestly Hero could have scored a bit more considering he was the longest. He played the longest so and especially for six men if you play that long and only score that amount of points in the time you played but i don't know i'm I'm just glad that we had them score as much as they did and butler came out with another triple double out of bio with a double double so there's not much more i can say about that
0: mm-hmm. no, and then does anyone else have anything else they want to share before we move on to the next topic
3: um yeah, just that, you know, even, even when we get the defense right, the offense is still going to be a mess. And in theory, they have a lot of good offensive players, but they're just not playing up to uh, their talent. So, that's just an important thing to keep in mind.
0: Right. No. You know, and then moving on, I mean, because this is already a thing that we do every episode. So, let's look at the trade machine. So... Let's see, so let's talk about how the biggest will for the heat right now is none other than my guy Bielitza. Let's talk about how the big three of Bielitza, Jimmy, and Bam is gonna win us a championship. How do y'all feel about that one?
1: Okay, well, I know you're kidding, but B- <laughs> at least at least to be honest, I take Bielitza over Kelly Ovin. Because I like consistency more than anything, and I think he's a more consistent player when he's out there than Kelly Olenek being up and down and 75% down, 25% up every time. So I'd, I'd take the elite over over uh, Kelly Olenek. If we're going to lose our trade exception or uh, some sort of exception we have, if we don't use it,
3: might as well just go out and try it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, I mean... It's it's like for me it's a lateral move. I don't think it changes anything. So, I I don't I wouldn't give up anything for him personally. I wouldn't give, I wouldn't even give up a second round pick. Like I think that they can probably develop someone in the second round. You know, assuming they're gonna play that guy. Uh, you know, to a better player than Elitza. So, I yeah, it doesn't change anything for me.
0: Mm-hmm. And then you know we got. Let's see. So it's Beal. has there any been any other names out there? Or oh, you know what? Let's talk about this one because I don't know if he touched on it too much in the last episode. John John Collins. Because I love John Collins. I think everyone would love the idea of him being in the front court with Bam, but. Let's be real, is that honestly a realistic option though? Can we like strongly say to ourselves like we're getting John Collins on the heat very soon?
1: Okay. Well, personally, we can get him. We can. Because we can we can either we have decent players we can give or we can turn those decent players into picks which then we can give to them. But the real question here is He's gonna be a max. He's gonna be near the max because that's what he wants in free agency, and he's he's an expiring deal. He's gonna want the max or close to the max. Is John Collins the final piece for us to take this no. team to another level? And I don't think so. So you can go get him. I really think with the pieces you have, you move some stuff around, and maybe and you can put a package for. Them. But the real question you have to ask yourself is. Is he the final piece? Is he going to be it? Because once you pay him that much money for a long-term deal, that's it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Nothing else is going right. to I mean, Me
2: personally, I think he'll want to stay loyal to his team right now because I saw in an interview that he was hinting that if he could get traded to any team – it would be Miami, but I'm, he's staying loyal to the Hawks. So I think that, I mean, anything's possible, you know, like with the right people, like that, if he, well, would he, he be a trade or would he just be like a
0: trade? Who
2: would and we it's get? It's not around, about him
3: being loyal to the Hawks, it's about the Hawks being loyal to him, if we're being honest. Well, I mean, also, yeah, he That's has to say he's going to be loyal because, you know, he can't he can't go on an interview and be like, I want to leave the Hawks. Mm. Right.
2: And he yeah, yeah, already
3: you get. reports that the Hawks are listening.
1: So they're, they're asking prices very high, but they're listening. So that's just the first step in moving him.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, and aside from John Collins, you know, and I was bringing this up on the last pod, you know, like, and I'm going to ask you guys here, and I know Clutch, you were there when I asked this, but I know, you know, you, um, Brian, Omar, Angelina, you weren't there for the last episode. So I'm going to ask you guys, Like, you look at the potential trade market for the Heat. Like, which players do you look at and you think Miami could make an Iguodala-type trade? And what I mean by an Iguodala-type trade is because last year, you go out and you trade for Iggy, Crowder, and Solomon Hill, and that ultimately made the difference, and... That helped Miami go for a t- go for a championship, making it all the way to the finals, being two wins away from beating the Lakers. So you look at the trade market. What is that iguadala type trade that you guys think about? That once Miami makes that trade, could potentially make a huge difference. And who knows, might bring us back to that. What's it called? Br- bring us back to that stage we were at last year. Is there any names that come into mind?
3: Uh, personally, I don't think there is an Iggy-type trade out there. I mean, okay, so part of it is the Iggy trade was really the Jay trade because Jay shot like 44% from three on similar volume to Duncan Robinson. So you're basically getting a second D-Rob who is a really good defender at the four spot, and I, I don't think that that guy is out there per se, but also the Heat were... Uh, they play. They're playing a lot better last year, so they were closer to being able to, you know, contend for finals, as opposed to now where they're one of the worst teams in the East record-wise. Um, so I don't think that there's like a couple of role players that can get them to that next level. I think that the only thing that's going to get them in, in a similar spot is probably, you know, a, a big name guy.
0: Right.
2: Yeah,
4: I agree, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, Omar? Yeah, Omar? Yeah, I agree too. I think if we want to get over at home, we have to add that third star because last year we were much closer and we we're playing much better. And I really think that we if, if I think Just gotta add that third guy. You gotta add that third guy because, uh, because the East, the East is tougher this year. Uh, as you know, the Nets formed, the Nets formed a super team. So the path is way harder. So we're going to have to get a lot better if we want to accomplish our goal. And I think we just have to get that third guy.
0: Right.
2: But I think the thing with Iguodala, it's, like, his age. So he's probably not going to be in the league for a long time, like, after this season. But unless he decides to, like, I don't know how old he is right now, but I know he's not old, like, in terms of, like, real age. But in the basketball world, he's, like, getting older.
3: Yeah, he's 37.
2: 37? Oh, that's older than LeBron. But, um... (laughs) (laughs) But, um, anyways, so... Yeah, like, he probably will be in the league for about another year or two. So, I, if anything, like Brian said, we have to get a big-name player for him or just whoever we feel. I don't know, but I feel like, yeah, a big-name player for dollar would be a, a decent trade. No, like, specific big-name player, but just, like, a big player in general. You
0: know, I know, like, <laughs> right now, it's kind of like an uncertain time because they always feel like, you know, whenever we miss out on a player, there's always been that other option, you know? Like, when Giannis signed the Supermax, you immediately went, okay, now it's time for Beal. I mean, no, now it's time for Harden. You know, and then Harden's now in Brooklyn. You know, it's just one of these moments where you don't really know, you know, who really is that big piece to go out and get. Because we dreamt about Bradley Buell and honestly, you know, I said this in the last pod, you know, it's time for Heat fans to move on, because I just don't know what goes through that guy's head. You know, it's one day, one thing, next day, something else. So until, like, he actually goes out and requests a trade, I feel like it's personally time to move on from him, you know? Yeah,
1: Bradley and- Beal's a massive Yeah. Guy
0: like yeah and also please don't feel bad for him to any heat fans listening listening to this don't be like oh i feel bad for bill or we need to free him i mean what's to free what it, it is he's literally saying to be there i mean yeah
1: you you can't save somebody that doesn't want to be saved
0: yeah exactly
3: I mean, also, in an objective sense, Bradley Beal is a multi-millionaire young dude playing the game of basketball for a living, and he lives in, like... D.C. is a nice city, from what I've heard, so I'm not going to feel bad for... <laughs> I'm not going to feel bad for that dude. It's a lot worse position to be in life.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. No, so... I mean, I don't know. and But, you know, the thing is, the NBA is unpredictable, so... Do I see any big names coming out for specifically this season saying I want out? To be honest, no. But I think maybe next off season, who knows who'll be next to request a trade. I mean, not a lot of people probably thought that James Harden would have requested a trade this past off season, but here we are where he's now a Brooklyn Nets. So You never know who's next to get on that trade market. You know, you just got to see what happens, especially in the playoffs. And, you know, you just work from there. However, if you're Miami, the question is, do you go out and you finally pull the trigger? Because, you know, I was, you know, talking to a couple of Heat fans in the group chat, you know, and they were all saying, like, when a player becomes available, we move. And, you know, I like that. We move. But thing is, Mm -hmm. we move, but the question is, does the Miami Heat move? Do they move? Yeah, because it doesn't matter how much we say that. Because at the end of the day, if Miami sits there and says, oh, well, you know what, we might not want to do this. You know what, forget about it, move on. Then we really don't move at all. So, you know, it's really unpredictable. I really do hope we get someone soon. Like I said, Oladipo but i'm really scared something is going to happen and like for some reason he goes elsewhere you know i don't want to think that but you know i at the same time i still think how we missed out on someone like james harden you know i just it's just such a nerve-wracking time to be a heat fan cuz you just don't know like what it's you have to wonder like what are they basing their decisions off of and I don't like you want you didn't want to trade depth for James Harden and they just lost to a weak Clippers team last night. I mean, what else? What other information do you need? You know, I mean,
2: <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm kind of glad we didn't go through with the Harden trade only because they wanted like half our team for one player
1: and you give it to them. What? I'm not, I'm sorry to disagree here, but he, he, they won't have our team. Give it to them, because that player.
2: Teams,
1: yes. All the names they it,
2: wanted but for yes. one player.
1: Give everybody. I would have done, done in, it. Sign people off a of free agency. Erson Ilyasova, who's a very decent player. Dwayne Dedman. I, I personally uh, would have done it. Peterson. Like sp- bunch like, of people
4: the spoon, the, spole spole the and crew. Spoon the crew. That's just Honestly, find good players from the G League. Like we literally found Max Struce. Like Max Struce is good. We continuously find good players out of the G League. Like we can do this, but a player like Harden doesn't come around mm-hmm. often. I would have done it. Yeah, you want all these
1: players? You want precious? For the picks, like
4: I don't care. About, I don't care about.
1: You want precious Duncan Tyler? Like
4: whatever picks. If it those, yeah, if it those picks, I don't care because in 2018, I don't think we had a first round pick in. We got Duncan and none. I think we got Duncan and Nun a year later, something like that. Nunn, Duncan and none, but went undrafted in 2018, we got those two out of there. Like, we yeah. can find talent, I but mean, we, we can, can find good players out of nowhere, but you can't find James Harden.
0: Mm-hmm. And look at it we had Kendrick Nunn, who, although he didn't show this type of status to end the season, you, know, you can't forget the fact that he was the runner up for Rookie of the Year. You know, they could have given that to the, what is it, 13 other um, people who were selected with the lottery pick that type of honor, but they didn't. They chose an undrafted player in Kendrick Nunn and ultimately gave the actual Rookie of the Year award to Jaw. So to think like how Miami developed him and then you develop a guy that came out of a D3 college and all that to a potential... What is it? 20 mil a year contract, even though he's not really worth that right now, in my opinion, because of the way how he's played. I mean, that tells you how good Miami's development system is. So I do agree with you 100%. Just go at the G League market and all that. See what players are out there and try to develop them. And then also another player, RHJ, you know, that would have been another good piece. So the whole like giving getting rid of seven players, I mean to be honest with you, I would have been down for it 100%. Obviously like, would have been better if they went ahead and did this during the off season, but it is what it is, you know, cuz a big 3 of Jimmy Harden and bam, that would have made a huge difference, you know? Like that's right. a big 3. That like
4: that, that literally that literally steamrolls through the east. Mm-hmm. Like, come on.
1: Right, you just fill in the rest of the roster later. That that doesn't matter. The, the The main thing is the main thing. Get the big guy. Get the superstar. Fill in the roster later. It happened with LeBron. You get LeBron and then you just sign minimum contracts. It worked. So just do that. And not wanting to give up play, like players is going to be our downfall. It's going to be Pat Riley's downfall. It's going to be our downfall as fans, the ones that were against the trade. So... Just do it do whatever it takes to get the guy you want so and it's so, and they,
0: it's so confusing too because this is Pat we're talking about like this was the same guy, and we've acknowledged it a lot in the past on this pod is like he went out and he was willing to trade players like Karan Butler and all them for shaq I mean what's the I mean can't you do that again in this scenario like I
3: don't uh know. You- you know what? I'm, I'm not... I feel like I'm known on Twitter as the Pat Riley hate, and I really don't hate Pat. But I feel like we have to also consider, you know, how many years ago was the Shaq trade?
0: Like... 16... I think... This year will mark like 16 years. Like, if we're being...
4: Like, yes, if we're being like, real, like, if we're being real, like... If we're being real, like, Wade got, got us Butler. The Pat Riley, like, like I think, right, Wade got us Butler. I, I, Wade got us LeBron. Like, let's, let's not... Be like, I mean, let's so be honest about that you know, so Like relationships, as Wade's old tweets a couple years ago, relationships relationships matter, people. Right. Um. Like, I, I
3: don't know. Like, I'm not saying that Pat would not make a big trade. I'm just saying that, like, I think that his history of trading all of these guys for these big superstars isn't as, you know, close to reality as people like to remember it. I mean, again, if you look at the Shack thing, you know, we're talking about something that happened over a decade ago. You know, like, how many big free agents do we say, Chris Bosh, definitely, uh, but how many other big free agents do we say, Pat Riley directly is the reason we got them?
1: I mean, he swung big for uh, in the trade market, I mean, not a free agency for Goron.
3: Yeah, okay, so Goron and Bosh. And then who else?
1: Right, and I agree with everything you're saying, but lately I, I'm just not feeling that it's just Pat now. The heat nucleus in the front office has gotten a lot bigger, and there's a lot more voices. So no, absolutely. If it was just just Pat, maybe he does make that big swing for the the superstar. But there's Andy Ellisberg, there's Eric Spolstra, there's Mickey Harrison, there's Nick Harrison. So there's a lot
3: of discussion and not a lot of action. No, I, absolutely. I'm just saying that, like, as I, I guess, even if we talk about, you know, the front office as like a whole unit. Like, I. I Historically, they just haven't made those huge moves. You know, a few times, and you know, but that's the same for any other franchise. A lot of like, what franchise hasn't made a big trade for a big free agent? You know, it's not something that's unique to Miami. Um, it just feels like, as of late, they've just been really gun shy. And again, like I mentioned earlier, it's not just going for the guys who are, you know, that we know of as being available. And we know that Miami likes to work behind the scenes, so for all we know, they could be talking to you know all 29 other teams about trying to get the best player they can um but as of late it it feels like it's not even just approaching those guys it's approaching like the guys that may that you know nobody's really talking about like are you on the phones with chicago trying to get zach levine You know, are you on the phone with, you know, the Kings, you know, this is a smaller move, but just as an example, are you on the phones with the Kings trying to get Harrison Barnes and, you know, Marvin Bagley Jr.? Like, are you trying to initiate these type of moves, you know, without having the other teams call you first saying, hey, this guy wants to play for you, you know, what what can we get back for him? So I feel like, you know, you know, we're not going to know if those type of things are going on, but I, I feel like that's kind of the action that they have to take. And I just, and I don't think we've seen that a lot in the past few
0: years. Mm hmm. It just, like I said, it's just such a confusing time in heat. And like to be a Heat fan because you don't really know what's going to happen now. I mean, you know, you just want to see Miami go out and make a trade, but it hasn't happened yet. And now you just want to know if it ever will, you know? You know, obviously the trade deadline is coming very soon. It's in a month from now, so we'll get our answer and we'll see if this Heat team wants to try to be a contender in the East or if they want to help OKC fade for Cade. You know.
3: Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Ah, that hurts so much, man. (laughs) Imagine they get the number one pick.
0: Oh my gosh, it's a deep class.
1: We could have done a lot with that pick. Uh, ah, trade it for, uh, bro. but damn, um, that would actually would have been a good trade asset. Uh huh. Like yeah, would have yeah. a deep class, and it's crazy how how everything's worked out. Because if the free agency class of twenty twenty one was what it was five months ago, we would be okay. Uh, in my opinion, we would we would obviously be mad, frustrated, whatever. But we would know 2021 is coming don't worry there's Giannis. there's paul george there's Kawhi. so relax but there's nothing anymore there's the biggest free agents are going to be quiet but he's not going anywhere and then it's uh, only
4: going to Rosen. yeah we got we got like only way i have it is like we gotta hope the clippers just fall for cliffs and shit like that that's our only hope but like it, i don't think i don't I, I i do think they'll manage to keep Kawhi. but i heard uh, that. I think the last shot to get a superstar is you gotta hope the Clippers just fall off the cliff because PG signed his extension but Kawhi, he has a player option I believe this year
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Right, so if you just it's a very
1: weird situation that we're in because of the fact that we don't have a pick, we don't have anything, we don't have a free agent to look forward to since, I, like I said, one of the biggest free agents available in the summer is gonna be Victor Oladipo, so i why not get him now? He's an expiring contract. Give him a give him I hate to say the word. Give him a tryout for the rest of the season. See how he fits with Miami. If he's a real deal with Miami, if he's back to his Indiana form. And if it works, fine, re-sign him long term and let's get this going. And if not, you have that money and you make something happen in the off season.
0: Exactly. Mm. I've
2: been hearing a lot of trade rumors about Blake Griffin. What do you guys have to think about that?
0: Uh-uh. I don't want no. Thanks. Unless he yeah. gets bought out, unless he only gets way, it. yeah, yeah, bought out only. All right, I'm not. If he's scared. bought out and the Heat sign
2: Eric was, Reed wouldn't appreciate would, it very much, considering. No, I would, no, I would love
1: it so much because it would be so awkward for Eric Reed if the Heat would get It'd him. It'd be off funny.
2: The It'd be so funny.
1: He goes from okay, this guy sucks to oh crap.
2: Oh, I the, I kind of have to support him now, you know. I to, I, he he's on my team that I broadcast for, you know, I can't bash him anymore. <laughs> I saw a compilation someone posted. It was Eric Reed bashing Blake Griffin for like two minutes straight. It was, yeah, it was the time. highlight of my day. It was so funny. Yeah, there's
1: a whole two minute highlight tape of just Eric Reed going at Blake Griffin in one game. That's just from one game. That's
2: from the, when we played the um, Pistons. No,
0: nope, not the. Oh, no, so funny. Like something about him being like one of the. He's aged like so much for a 31 year old or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, because we gotta be honest. He fell off. I thought he was younger.
1: Fell off a cliff. He fell <laughs> off a cliff completely. Dude, st- He dude had a, first, a good first year in Detroit. After that, my God.
2: I think he won yeah, rookie of the year that one it. year. He was with Detroit, like his first year. Like, or who was he with before? If Lippers. he was with anyone
3: else. Oh. Yeah. No, but I mean, I and mean, I think it's just it. injuries yeah. and not caring about playing for a bad team. So yeah, he's like, always, ah. Maybe
1: he gets bought out and goes to a contender or a really good team. Maybe he picks it up. Maybe he has more motivation. Who knows? But it's not worth taking that risk, picking up on, I don't know how many million dollars in his contract left. Uh, I didn't look that up. I think it's 30 million, something like that. Yeah. And it's, I think, it's a $39 million player option, if I'm not wrong.
3: Yeah, he's not He's not declining that. Exactly. Yeah, uh, 36 this year, 30, yeah, 39 next year. Yeah, so.
1: I'm never going to see that money again.
3: I mean, he's a six ten, super talented guy who still is probably very athletic. And I think it's—I think his uh, poor play in Detroit is isn't because he's bad per se. I think it's just you know he doesn't care and he's just not being used, you know, like he probably should be. And I think on a better team, he's probably going to have you know a renaissance here, and everyone's going to be like, "Oh, Blake Griffin's back!" And he's probably internally thinking like, "Nah, I'm just playing in a place where I actually, you know, give a crap."
4: So,
3: I'm I'd like back. to see it on a buyout, but yeah, it's just not worth taking that
1: risk because of that big deal. Yeah, no, nah, you can't trade for that.
0: They made they dropped a major thing, like a, I guess like a statistic. Well, not really statistic, but like I guess you'd say a fact is that um, Blake he hasn't even dunked a ball in like since December 2019, which is crazy to think about because he's been known for all these highlights. And you hear that this guy who's still playing like he hasn't even dunked a ball since december 2019 like that's wild right there
2: did he win the dunk contest at the all-star game or was it the
0: three-point contest oh no dunk contest back in 2011 when he dunked over the car
3: uh, dunked over the hood of the car <laughs> uh i mean yeah he hasn't dunked in in a couple of years but i mean Give him LeBron James, and I guarantee you he'll be catching lobs all day. Mm-hmm. So, you know that's kind he of that's totally kind of where I'm shots. at with him. Right, exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. You know, he goes to the Lakers, and he's going to be looking real, real good. I bet. You know, him and ADs that's that's going to be a tough front court, or that would be a tough front court hypothetically if that's where he went. But yeah, I just I just don't see it. Like you guys said, unless he gets bought out, there's just you don't want a forty million dollar Blake Griffin on your on your books next season.
1: Right, playing Devil's Advocate, the only reason Miami, and they won't, they will not, there's a 0% chance, but I'll play Devil's Advocate, is that Detroit would most likely attach a asset to it. That's maybe the only, and it's, it's still not happening, but maybe the only way, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then moving forward, I mean, like I said, it's just you know, it's all about what's on the market and you just work from there. I mean, like I said, it's a confusing time. You know, so I mean I don't wanna end the episode on a question mark, but does so with that being said, does anyone has anything they wanna add before we call today an episode? Um let's
2: get this win tomorrow and Thursday and Saturday and the rest of the road trip. That's all I have to say. hmm
3: Okay, Let's I do want to say this about uh, Blake Griffin, real quick. Technically, Andre Iguodala, Kelly Olynyk, and Mo Harkless for Blake Griffin to work straight up. And if they gave a, you a That's a pick, decent
2: trade, I think. <laughs> but that's a decent <laughs> trade package. Olynyk, Iguodala, and Harkless. That, I feel like that's a decent trade if package. It was, if it was only
4: a year. I think the, yep. business, I think the business should accept that immediately. Like, if, if it. You get off. Yeah, if country, it was only. That's, that, that's immediate win. If it was only a year, yes, but there's the
1: player option. The player Imagine how Lenny
2: gets traded and just goes off on his, like, whatever team he goes in next. Like, he's just, he starts to get consistent, like, once he goes on his other team. oh, I'd be so mad. Where was yes. that energy when yes. you were on Miami? Come on now, man.
0: <laughs> you see Kelly's all of a sudden a candidate for most improved player.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Literally. He's getting drafted into the freaking All-Star game.
0: Like, he all of a sudden, the Pistons go and they trade for, I don't know, Bradley Beal with Kelly Olinich being the centerpiece Bruh. of the deal? No. <laughs> no. Like, <laughs> bro. You know. So with that being said, is there anything else we want to add on? Or? Right.
4: I would I, I would <laughs> usually say to end it, uh, to mm-hmm. keep our head up. Tomorrow should, be a- and tomorrow should be a good game. Hopefully. going
2: they- will be an exciting day. game. Definitely yeah. not an easy one, but an exciting but- one.
3: Yeah, for the Warriors fans, it's going to be great for them. You can see Steph yeah. Curry put up 50 on Kendrick Nutt. Oh, my Kendrick Nutt. Oh, my hero God,
2: no. That's
3: going to be so fun.
2: Bro, Kelly Oubre is going to be dunking on everyone Lyskin's style, but I swear to God. It's going to be
3: great. I might, <laughs> I might stand outside the arena. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so
4: funny.
2: You, you literally- know, I saw somewhere that the Warriors have the <laughs> highest female fan base solely because of Oubre and Olynyk. Not Olynyk, shoot. My bad, <laughs> Curry. <laughs> I not <don't>
4: believe it. <laughs> 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 I think what you gotta do is this you gotta try to. I think we gotta try make everybody but Steph beat us tomorrow because that Warriors roster. Really, He's been
2: going. Like, just, he has. He averages like thirty points a game, like forty percent something. I think. From I don't know what
4: we gotta do, but just don't let like, just don't let him beat you. Like we got double, triple. That Warriors roster is like not that good. And if we can O reopen, I'll be fine with that. Just like. I like, do not – I better not see Hero or none guard Curry. I want Jimmy or Bam on him at all times. hmm Yeah, Part same.
2: Of the game where we have to step up our defense, especially considering
4: who we're playing. I mean, Warriors played D2, so, yeah, they, they, that's good as – that was probably like a 90 or 95 sports, something like that.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, anyways – so I that was an interesting fact, Angelina. I didn't know Warriors fans liked Olinic like that, you know.
2: Be <laughs> quiet, man. I meant to say Curry and um what's his face, um, Uber Jr.
0: Y'all, y'all <laughs> see my reaction the minute I heard Olenek. I'm like, what?
2: Yeah. No, that wasn't my bad. I got confused I just, like when we were talking about Olenek and trades. I don't know why that I said Olinic, but that's my
0: bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess he's a decent looking guy. <laughs>
2: Although he looks like Shaggy from Scooby that's besides the, the point. You know, his man but his man bun pulls all the girls, you know? Yeah, his mouth brings 20. all the boys to the yard. <laughs> <Yeah, you laughs>
4: <know
0: why? laughs> Dear Lord. Watch over us. Anyways, with that being said, um, like I said, so anything else or are we ready to wrap it up?
4: hmm mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm
0: alright. All right, and then also want to say at the end, big shout out to Myers Leonard. If you're listening to this, thank you for agreeing to hop on the pod, y'all. It's gonna be our first. Very soon, we're gonna be shooting our first pod with the player from the Heat. So that's gonna be very exciting to do. So to all the Heat versus the World fans out there, stay tuned for that. And let's call it a wrap. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Heat vs. The World podcast and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode.